Hello, friends, and welcome to the Mr. Maxwell podcast. So today, I want to talk about something called dyschronometria. Dyschronometria is a condition that affects time, a person's ability to sense time passing, be able to track time, and can even affect the person's movement. Because when you're reaching for something, you're having to estimate how long you reach out your arm before you grasp your cup of tea, for example. All right, so dyschronometria is a neurological condition of cerebellar dysfunction that affects individuals' individuals' ability to accurately perceive and coordinate time intervals. In other words, the individual cannot accurately estimate the amount of time that has passed or is passing. The condition is identified by the inability to estimate the time accurately, and it can affect various aspects of everyday life, including speech, movement, planning, school, work, reacting, blah, 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 anything that requires you to know what time it is and when you're supposed to get something done. So in this podcast, I'm going to explore dyschronometria in more detail, just sharing what I've learned, um, including a little bit about causes, but mainly symptoms and how, what I do as someone who struggles with keeping track of time as a person with ADHD. So the term dyschronometria comes from the Greek word dys, meaning difficulty, and chronos, meaning time. Dyschronometria can result from a range of underlying neurological conditions, including cerebellar disorders, Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis, traumatic brain injury, as well as neurodivergence such as ADHD. So the cerebellum, located at the base of the brain, it plays a crucial role in coordinating movement timing and accuracy, so any damage to this area could cause dyschronometria. It should be noted that a neurological disorder is not required to have this issue. Um, as I mentioned before, it can also affect those with ADHD. And while this is just my opinion, but I believe this disorder can exist on a spectrum. So dyschronometria can manifest in various ways, depending on the severity of the condition and its underlying cause. The primary two issues deal with time perception and movement. One of the main problems associated with time perception that has been widely noted among individuals diagnosed with ADHD is time estimation. This problem can lead to significant difficulties in assessing the amount of time that has passed or the amount of time that might be required to perform a specific task. This impairment was noted to have significant impact on academic achievement in college students with ADHD when compared to that of their unaffected peers. I recently read an interview on NPR about a woman, about a woman who was diagnosed with dyschronometria after having a stroke. She would go for what she thought was a 15-minute walk to discover she was out for two hours. Or one time she went to go look at the bulletin board at work and ended up being there for over an hour. In her mind, she'd only been there for five minutes. And in an article that I read by Sandy Maynard explained it this way, children and adults with ADHD don't see events, they feel them. And that really resonated with me because there are definitely moments of my life where I don't necessarily remember it as a distinct linear event or an awareness of the passage of time, but I'm very aware of the feelings that I had during that event. Several problems and behaviors that result from this difficulty in perceiving time are things like procrastination, 
missing deadlines, doing things in the wrong order, even underestimating the time it takes to complete tasks. Now some, wait, I'm gonna skip that part. Sorry, I was, when I wrote this script out, I accidentally completely repeated a section, so my bad. <laughs> Moving on. So how do I manage my time when I struggle to be aware of it? So full disclosure, I don't manage my time at all. I actually try to focus on managing tasks. My tasks and routines are what kind of keeps me going and I try to do my best to make sure that I get things done when they need to be done. And managing my routines and tasks is really how I get, how I do that. I do use a calendar, but it's really just for things like meetings and things like that. I don't really do time blocking necessarily. And when my tasks are completed, I just follow my natural rhythms, letting myself be hyper or hypo or unaware of time without judgment. It just keeps my stress levels down. To manage my tasks, I use a variety of methods because unfortunately no one system works for everything that I need to get done. I also like to keep my personal, creative, and home tasks separate from my work tasks. So when it comes to just my routines, like getting ready for the day, winding down after work and getting ready for bed, I use an app called Timo, and I use those to build my personal routines into. However, the notifications from that app, they're not loud enough or insistent enough for me to get, to get my attention. So I have alarms that go off when I'm supposed to start a routine. And depending on the importance of the routine, I may have two to three extra alarms that will go off to make sure that I get started, especially when it comes to things like taking medication or getting ready for work. Even if I don't pay attention to the alarm initially, if enough of them go off, it will annoy those around me. And that also helps ensure that I get started on the routine. At work, we use the Google Office Suite, so I use Google Tasks to ensure that I accomplish what needs to be done. I have the app on my phone, as well as obviously on my work computer. So anytime I receive an email or a text that has a to-do item on it, especially if I see it when I'm off from work, I just go to the task app on my phone, copy and paste it there, and put a date on it for like the date when I'm back in the office. So that when I get to work, one of the first things I do is go to Google Tasks. I check my calendar to see what appointments I might have that day. And then I go to Google Tasks to see what tasks need to be accomplished at that time. And then I'll kind of review the list with my boss to make sure that I'm working on the correct priorities before I get started working that day. And I put a star by every email and every task that needs to be addressed or dealt with before I leave work that day. And so that way, when all the stars are gone, I'm good to go. And if I finish everything early, then there's always things to do at work, right? But my goal is to make sure that I complete the most important things each day because in my current role, there are some tasks that it's a project that spans weeks to complete. And so I just need to make sure that every day I'm doing the piece critical to ensure that I'm on pace to complete that project by the time the final due date arrives. For my creative work and personal tasks, I use an app called Things 3. I can build, just like in Google Tasks, I can build recurring tasks for things like my weekend reset, paying bills, 
or set up a series of tasks for creative projects like this one. Uh, for example, the Dyschronometria project where I researched the topic and used the research to write a blog post. And then I use that article, to, I break it up into a series of TikTok videos. And then I use it to record this podcast episode. And so I'll have the whole project set up and there's just a series of for the TikToks and I put a date by when those need to pop up when I want to record and post those. I put a date by when I want the blog article to go out. It'll go out, today is Wednesday and I'm recording this. So it'll go out Wednesday afternoon. The podcast itself is gonna be scheduled for this Saturday is when this will pop up in your feed. And so just by, again, taking the whole project, if I wanna research dyschronometria and I wanna share it on various platforms, I create a series of tasks that then get fed into my daily task list. So research is on a certain day and writing's on another day, recording's on a different day. But the net result is that I have a blog article, a podcast episode going out, a series of TikTok videos, all based around one topic. And that's while working and having a family and without getting myself overwhelmed. By breaking up my tasks into chunks like this and only seeing one piece of it at a time, I never get overwhelmed because I'm only doing what's on my list for today, if that makes sense. Sorry about the gap there, I just like lost my place. Anyway, I mean, because honestly, if I had, if I saw everything I was trying to get done all the time in one giant to-do list, I used to do that. A long time ago, I was the health and safety coordinator for a company and I constantly overwhelmed myself by having this running list of everything that needed to get done in every category. It was so overwhelming. This way I don't see it all. And also, to be honest with you, using a variety of different apps is fun. It keeps me from getting bored because I'm using different programs and different systems. So I'm never on just one system. And also going into a particular app or program kind of is like a ritual for my brain getting me in the right mindset. You know, when I sit down at work and I open up Chrome and I open up Gmail and I click open the task app on the side, it's like a little series of, of movements and actions that tells my brain it's time to work. Just like when I go into things and pull up my creative tasks, it tells my brain it's time to be creative. And it works really well. And because I love routine, it's calming for me to go through this ritual of getting settled before I begin working or before I begin creating. And since each day the actual tasks are a little bit different, my love of variety is also satisfied. It took me a while to get adjusted to this, but it works very well for me now. And it's not a foolproof system, but it is enough to ensure that I'm effective in my work and daily life. My autistic side loves routine. I find that it helps me stay regulated. Following my routines helps me avoid anxiety over being ready for work and making sure that I'm on top of my tasks at work and at home. My ADHD side loves variety. It's easily distracted and loves to be creative. To keep me from being bored, I often listen to music, audiobooks, or podcasts while going through my routines. I also build in time for creativity. And this may sound weird, but I use my autism to help me manage my ADHD and vice versa. How I use my ADHD and autistic traits to manage each other 
is something I'll have to talk about another day. I don't have to really think about how to explain that in a way that doesn't sound crazy. Anyway, in closing, time is a tricky thing for everyone. But for those who struggle with dyschronometria, with, with ADHD, with executive function issues, it can be debilitating if they don't receive the support that they need. With proper support and training, however, those who struggle with tracking and managing their time can become effective at home and in the workplace. And I hope that as more people realize the needs of neurodivergent adults, more resources will become available to help us live meaningful lives. Well, thank you for listening to me talk about this and nerd out a little bit about this topic of dyschronometria and time. I will um, enclose the articles that I read as well, a couple of the articles that I read as well as the NPR episode, um, just so you can see some of my sources. You can dig into those yourself if you're interested in learning more information. And for now, it is time for your next adventure. I'll miss you. Cheers.